Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about hurt in the church. And that's something I'm hearing more and more about. And my guest today is Marilyn Smith. Marilyn is a teacher here locally. Um, She's married to Keith. She has two beautiful children, Caitlin and Daniel. And um, besides teaching for a while, she was one of the youth leaders at the church that we both go to. And also she just has such a heart for women and children who um, face extreme poverty, poverty at all or have addiction in their family and that comes through in everything she does so welcome Marilyn I'm so glad you could be here today thank you I'm glad to be here too so we're going to talk a little bit about hurt in the church and not a place you would expect to be hurt Mm -hmm. but you have a story of not one place but two places Mm -hmm. that hurt you and I think it's something that is either growing or we're becoming more aware of it Mm. yes so um, why don't we start with, why don't you talk a little bit about your upbringing and when you came to know Jesus? Okay. So I grew up in the church and um, my parents were very faithful to go. And um, the pastor, when I was very small, was um, very focused on salvation. And he was one of those hellfire brimstone people. And so I remember vividly when I was five. Um, I couldn't go to sleep, and I just knew that I needed to have Jesus forgive me of my sins so that I could know that I would go to heaven. And so I had already gone to bed and ended up that um, I just couldn't go to sleep. So I went downstairs, and my parents prayed with me to ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. And... It was uh, interesting. I, I knew I had to represent Jesus. So I was taking my little New Testament on the bus with me. <laughs> Couldn't read yet very well. But you, but you, so I knew I had to proclaim him. And so, but as, you know, kids are, I felt just deterred a lot. Yeah. So it was an This epic, was when you were, were five. Yes. That's amazing <laughs> to me. That is truly amazing to me, I, I have to say. Um, so even at that young age, you understood the urgency, the urgency of Jesus and the importance of God's word, mm-hmm. which is amazing <laughs> at five. Because, you know, you're just learning the Bible stories and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that is amazing. <laughs> you said like, like all of us, even though you were maybe at five years old, a little, a little beyond where most people are at five. You said that there were some things that deterred you. I'm guessing that maybe when you were a teenager or whatever. Well, a lot through elementary and then middle school. I really struggled and uh, had, you know, typical problems of middle mm-hmm. school kiddos, which yeah. is why I love teaching middle school kids right. to help them through it. Because you've been there and yes. you remember it. It yes. left an impression on you. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So, okay, but go ahead. high school, you know, I got involved in a local youth group that just really poured into me, so I poured into others, and it was you know, kind of like my own little bus ministry. I would take my car around and pick up a lot of people from school and we'd go to the youth group and it was wonderful. That's awesome. And so then you went on to college and you went to a Christian school? I went to Word of Life Bible Institute. Okay. 
and I really, uh, that was the first time to dig in so deeply beyond just the Bible stories, you know, and, right. and to dig in deeper, and, and my prayer life really took off there. Okay, so so that was good for you, mm-hmm. and tell me about the church that you went to in college. Um, well, the church I was involved with, I, I still stuck with... Um, the church I grew up with when I'd come home on breaks and things. Oh, okay. Okay. But then after I was um, pursuing my degree in teaching, then I started going to a different church that I felt dug in deeper to Scripture. Uh-huh. But there was more to it than just digging into Scripture. Yeah. And they, um, there wasn't outreach, so it was a very one-sided focus of, teaching the scripture to the congregation, but not having them go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. Uh So that's where um, I grew more in my knowledge of scripture, but I didn't realize how how many unhealthy things that the church was was doing. Right. And so what were some of those unhealthy things that you you probably see now and didn't see then? So... They really wanted people to fit in a box, and mm-hmm. they didn't acknowledge the beauty of God's creativity with mm-hmm. each person. So um, when my husband and I got married, um, I was to fit into their box for a wife, and he was to fit into the box for a husband. And um, instead of me being the helpmeet, that he needed, and he being the helpmate that I needed, we were supposed to fulfill their vision. The church's. The church's vision. So very unhealthy view of submission. And yeah. the way I could have helped my first husband and the way he could have been a support to me, it was really hindered because that didn't fit with their mold. Wow. And so as we struggled, we sought help from church leaders, and <laughs> it was very hurtful. Yeah. Just um, my, my first husband would, would lie when meeting with the deacons to try to say what they wanted him to say. And then it'd come back to me. Mm-hmm. Things like, for example... Um, I met with one of the pastors and he said the marriage was, the problems in the marriage were my fault because I was a working mom. Oh. And I said, I asked Eric if I could stay home and he, he didn't want to pursue a job with insurance. I had to, I had to keep working. Right. And the pastor called me a liar and said he had met with Eric and he said he wanted me to stay home. Well, he knew that's what the church wanted him to say. Right. So it looked like I was this horrible person who was lying to the pastor Mm -hmm. and who, you know, was going against my husband by working. And so the perception just stuck and um, there was nothing I could say or do to convince them that I really was trying to work on my marriage right well and their value system or or whatever you want to call it actually put stress between you because he 
was so uncomfortable. He said what they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, well, so you left this church? You and your husband left together? Yes, we did. Um, there were lots of things that were going on. There was a newer pastor to the church that was the lead pastor, and um, one of the associate pastors, um, some things came out in his personal life that he had a pattern of sin, and so it disqualified him from being a pastor any longer. He had gone through the whole process. It was a beautiful experience with Matthew 18, Uh where the sin was confronted. He acknowledged it. He he changed and was restored to the church body, and it was wonderful. Um, And the final thing with this head pastor was from the pulpit, he brought up that man's sin again and said anyone who had worked with him in ministry, all of those ministries were not honoring to God. That's just weird. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And so at that point, I thought, why is he bringing up sin that God will never bring up to this man again? Right. Why is he questioning everyone's motives because of a private sin? And it just, it was was the final straw. But this man also had... um, come to me about something and I asked him how he knew Uh this information which was actually not true and he said well I just know and I said "Um, unless you've been gossiping about me (laughs) there's no way you would draw this conclusion and I you know I tried to tell him it wasn't true but of course I'm not believable at that point (laughs) so Uh it ended up he said I'm a pastor, I am a, I am a leader, and I cannot be um, found guilty of gossip. So if a pastor isn't held to a higher standard, like Scripture says, right, it does. It's then very clear how on in that. the world <laughs> could he not be held accountable for gossip? So, yeah, it was a lot of red flags. But once that was, you know, the the man's sin was brought up from the pulpit. We were done. Right. So how you were young at yes. this church and mm-hmm. probably in my twenties. It's probably a good thing that you um decided to uh <laughs> carry a Bible when you were five years old. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, because a lot of people I think wouldn't have been able to wouldn't have been well versed enough in the Bible. I wouldn't have been at that age to be able to call them out on the things that were not biblically based. And I, it was the the knowledge and experiences I gained at the Bible college that really gave me more confidence. And truly, the church taught scripture. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a wonderful woman who was discipling me. Mm-hmm. I can't even guess how many Bible studies and book studies we did over the years. And, you know, I sought her out, especially when my marriage was just really, really struggling. And Mm -hmm. um, so it was all of those people who fed into me. It wasn't just me and my relationship with God. It it was an investment. Right. And then, you know, to be hurt by some of those same people. Exactly. it, It was very devastating. But in the end, God got bigger. Mm-hmm. because 
I wasn't relying on man to guide me through scripture. Right. I wasn't relying on man to comfort me mm-hmm. when, you know, we left the church, we left our family. Right, right. And so, you know, and that's things, a big that's a big thing to step away from. Yeah. And so a lot of times when things and people and situations are stripped away, that's when you just have God left. And right. You know, people have asked me who know um, my background, how did you go back into a church? And I say, well, God's told me in Scripture to not forsake the assembling of believers. Right. We need each other. I just needed to find people who balanced Scripture with service. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's not just getting knowledge and knowledge and knowledge, but to be serving. That's all Christ was about, was Mm -hmm. working to meet people where they were. That's that's what it is all about. I I read something recently where somebody said, if you follow religion, you'll Mm -hmm. be disappointed. If you follow Jesus, you will never be disappointed. And and we can do that. You know, when you have a good pastor, I think sometimes we put him too high. Yes. Certainly leaders are put to a higher standard, but sometimes I think we put pastors to a level that they can't possibly um, mm-hmm. adhere to. So um, I think that's amazing that at such a young time in your life, you were able to see through that. Mm-hmm. And it was clearly the Bible college and your mm-hmm. youth group that prepared you for this. Yes. So let's talk about the second time, which was a completely different situation, yeah. but still hurtful. <laughs> right. So the second time, um, ironically, we found out that pastors from the first church were discipling the pastor from the second church. Oh, I, I did not know that part. <laughs> yeah. So once we understood that then it it became more clear why the pastor was doing what he was doing and it was more an abuse of um matthew 18. um so my first husband and i uh, were at this new church and we were majorly struggling and um there was a couple who were really trying to work with us and disciple us and, and help us and um but this wasn't the pastor no, this was a, a couple okay and they went to the pastor and said things are not good you really need to check in with them you need to talk to them did and you know they were going to do that the pastor was checking in with them and i knew that because okay. Okay. he knew our history mm-hmm. and that uh, you know we we had been struggling for years and so when I would see him, I and it, I was involved in the praise band, and I would say things are not good, and still nothing was happening. So um, we ended up separating, and my goal was for us to come back together. Mm-hmm. I just thought we need a break, and we need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you can remodel the house living in it, and sometimes you can't. Right, right. So there was a lot of hurt over the years and a lot of things that really needed time to heal and we just needed a fresh start. So 
that was my intention. That's I wrote a letter out to my hu- my first husband, and um, I went to my family, went to his family, and shared what our goals were, mm-hmm. and that we were separating, but the goal was to rebuild. And so, honoring my husband's request to um, not tell people in the church, I didn't. But if I was ever asked, I was honest and said, things are not good. And so the right. separation was actually a nightmare. <laughs> and yeah. um, things went horribly. And so um, after seeking counsel from multiple people, um, we pursued a dissolution. Mm-hmm. And so it was um, like a week away from the actual hearing uh-huh. and we get a call or I got a call and it was very strange from the pastor and after so long he said I actually know what's going on and so they immediately put me under church discipline not my husband the couple that was working with us they put them under church discipline oh my yeah they had. Well, I, I gotta go back. What does what does church discipline mean? I, I've never well, gone to a church where I where I've heard of anyone put on <laughs> church discipline. So, my opinion is most of the time, when you hear someone refer to church discipline, it's typically an abuse of power. It's taking Matthew eighteen mm-hmm. to a, a level that. I don't think Christ would have been a part of. Mm-hmm. So um, with Matthew 18, it's talking about you take one person with you. You know, it's, it's a process to try to restore people from a pattern of sin. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to bring them back to a right relationship with Christ, okay. which is a beautiful thing. Right. When churches take it as, okay, we, we completed all these steps, so now we shun this person. Hmm. That's where it's a, it's a power thing. It's mm-hmm. you didn't submit to the authority of the church, so now we're going to hurt you. And, and the couple that mentored you as well. Yes. Oh, my. So it ended up, um, you know, with Matthew 18, it's actually talking about if they don't respond, if they don't come back to where they need to be and leave that pattern of sin, then it says to treat them as an unbeliever. You love unbelievers. You want to reach out to them. You want to meet them where they are and, bring and them back, yeah. try to bring them back to Christ. Right. So you no longer treat them as a brother or sister, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you turn them away and that you don't love them. Right. I mean, the lowest of the low were the ones that Christ went to. Right. So it's this skewed situation where Matthew 18 is is used in a way to hurt those Mm -hmm. who don't comply. Right. Rather than work to restore them. Yeah, and that, and (laughs) that's... (laughs) That wasn't where they were going at all. So no. I'm assuming you left. Well, I know you left the church because we go to church together. And <laughs> <laughs> so you, you left that church too. And and I know there was a church in between the, the church mm-hmm. that you attend now um, and, and 
the, that, that particular church. So, you know, two times you've been hurt mm-hmm. by people who love Jesus. And, and I do believe they love Jesus. Yes. They may handle things differently, but they, I do believe they love Jesus. How do you, in the midst of your pain, focus on Jesus and, and still cling to him? You know, the first time you got through it, you go somewhere else, yeah. but then it happens again. Yeah. How do you, how do you not become jaded or not say, you know what, I, I can do Jesus on my own. I don't need this. And you never said that, or at least didn't say it long enough that it kept you from church. Right. The timing was really amazing, and it's going to sound strange when I tell you about the timing. So this happened. The spring of 2011. Mm-hmm. So here I am, single mom. I, I purchased a house, you know, for my kids and I. We went to a church that was good for them. They mm-hmm. had some place that they had gone to preschool and done some activities at. So they were comfortable. And at this point, that's what I was focused on, taking care of my kids. And um, so... We moved into our home in the summer, and then I started the school year, and in November was when I was diagnosed with cancer. Right. So within the same so calendar you, year, you're having I, a lot. <laughs> I had a disillusion, a total disruption of my church family, and then I got diagnosed with cancer. And honestly, it was the best timing. Because I had to take about half the school year off for my treatments, my chemo. Uh The way it worked out, I was getting treatments every other week. So I would get them on a Friday. And I would be my worst on the weekends my kids were with their dad. So they didn't have to see me at my worst. Right. I was stripped of most of the church family that... Right. Would have supported me. Right. So the timing of just being alone with God and seeing how he was perfectly protecting my kids from the worst of this journey. They were three and seven at the time. Right. And so there were so many ways I saw God providing. Um, even the little thing ended up not being so little. Um my dad had had a spot of cancer. Uh-huh. That is the only reason I kept my cancer insurance oh, when yeah. the disillusion went through. <coughs> because um, my husband's family had a bigger history of cancer. And so that's why I had it. Mm-hmm. But I had cancer insurance. And that provided, so I didn't lose my house. There, there were just so many the timing. Oh, it was just amazing. So it was only a God thing. Yeah. I can imagine. Who did you lean on? Your, your church family is gone. You're a single mom. You wouldn't have leaned on your children anyway, but they're not there. Who, who did you lean on besides Jesus? <laughs> I mean, I know you lean, I know yeah. that relationship grew and blossomed even more right. during that time, but. Who on earth did you? The couple that had been discipling us, who uh-huh. was also hurt by that church, they stuck by me. And, and she, oh, that's beautiful. She had a saying. She said, we're in the soup. 
we're in the soup together. So whatever is <laughs> coming up. And so just she has been a real inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to be her when I'm, you know, to the point of retirement. And, yeah, you know, really she does so many Bible studies with ladies and just digs in with them in the soup. <laughs> She's in the soup. Um, so that was a big help. And then just a few different people we met along the way, mm-hmm. even within my cancer journey. So you had you had a tribe of women I had that a supported people. you. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, I, like I said before, sometimes that stripping away mm-hmm. just gets you to where it's just you and God. Right. And that's, that's right. what you need. And at that time. Yes. So I had forgotten. I mean, I... Remembered you had cancer, but I had forgotten that it was oh, so close yeah. to right after the second, um, mm-hmm. the second time with the church. So now we go to church together. Yes, and um, we have a really strong church family and a good mm-hmm. pastor, a great pastor actually that is that works real well. So, and and you had another church experience before that. You came to our church because you remarried, and Keith <laughs> Keith went to our church, uh-huh. and so you didn't well, leave that church again. It was no, more. It was for this. more with Keith, but with our church, I see the heart of Christ. I see. Mm-hmm. Jesus leading people to serve and to love on others. Right. So there's truth being shared all the time, but there's also that balance of being a hands and feet. And, you know, the new Danny Gokey song of, of love God, love people, it just hits so much deeper for me mm-hmm. because I've been around Christians who are so focused on gaining knowledge but not applying it with ministry with reaching out right and it's really jesus was all about love yes i mean certainly had all the knowledge in the world (laughs) he's god but he but he was all about love and somehow we've lost that in our world and in some of our churches, not all of our churches. No. And certainly this isn't something that happens everywhere, but it does happen. And mm-hmm. I've spoken to other women who have had similar, to, especially to your second story, um, situations come about and they've, they've left churches. And I guess we need to think about that and how, how we're reacting and and um, and maybe asking questions when we start going to a new church um, mm-hmm. more than you think about. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there's certain things, you know, that each of us have that are our, our own concerns when mm-hmm. we go to a church. But um, certainly, I don't know how you ask. So are you a loving church? Because they're all going to say that. So here's what I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I threw our pastor off when he was first coming. Uh, I said, I have one question for you. Tell me about church discipline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I just leave it like that, then I quickly can can read. Right. You know, as it, a teacher, you read your kids really right. fast. You know, you're trying to get to know them as much as possible. So thank goodness I've, I've got that um, background. And so <laughs> when you ask a pastor that, yeah, it's... Uh, well, and if they don't have a pat answer... 
That's yeah. a good thing yes. because they're not thinking about that. But right. if they come back with something quickly, mm-hmm. I would imagine, I would never think to ask that question. I haven't been through well. it. You've been through either. <laughs> and and it's, it's interesting. And um, last week's podcast was about mentoring. And I especially love your relationship with the woman that was at that church with you. Mm, yes. And that she came with you and went through the soup yes. with you during cancer I love that because she was mentoring you mm-hmm. and it apparently is continuing to mentor. But we also talked about how in our, at least for me, when I was young, I was, I thought I knew a lot more than I knew and was pretty self-righteous about it. And, you know, and it wasn't discipline, but it was other things. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I said that I felt like were the right thing. And as soon as they came out of my mouth, mm-hmm you realize oh, I'm the right thing and there's nowhere to go <laughs> except yeah. I'm sorry that just sounded different in my head <laughs> and you know but I so I, I have been there but not with discipline and um, so I appreciate you being willing to share that not just one but two churches mm. were more discipline oriented than love oriented and that's just sad because well, certainly Jesus believed in discipline, mm-hmm. and he was very honest. Mm-hmm. He loved anyway, right. all the time. And I really feel like that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. So you probably don't remember this, but when I first started going to the church, one of the things that brought me in was a sign at the driveway as you left that said you are now entering the mission field. Oh. I've told Rob we need to bring that back yeah. because I loved that. Mm-hmm. It's not... a Today's the day of worship, but the work's out here, yeah. and I really love that. So, um, But thank you. Thank you for sharing a very difficult story, mm-hmm. and hopefully people will learn from what you've been through, and will know maybe to ask the discipline question <laughs> if that's been something from them. Well, and I think a big thing is God's not religion. He's not. He is bigger than the structure he is bigger than the people right and so if people have hurt you it's not god right and we're human and we might hurt accidentally because i know that i've done that and um you know when words came out of my mouth and i saw the look on their face i immediately knew (laughs) this was just bad and my mother hit me upside the head which really made me know it was bad because she didn't do that often but so you know I mean as humans sometimes we do those things that were never intended but you found a way out and you never let go of Jesus and I think that's the best part of your story Mm -hmm. you never let go of Jesus he was with you and you had to face something big that typically a big old church family would carry you through You had a small tribe of women Mm -hmm. that God gave you through that hurt, actually, Mm -hmm. that got you through. So that's that's exciting. I do appreciate you coming today. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the In the Whisper podcast. And we will be back next time with another story of overcoming. The In the Whisper podcast is sponsored by Gifts with Grace, 
Gifts with Grace connects caring mentors with women who need encouragement and support after experiencing trauma. Our mentors meet women where they are, and together we work towards specific goals uniquely suited just for them. Each woman also has the opportunity to grow spiritually through Bible study and express herself through the creative process of gift making. If you want to know more about Gifts with Grace, go to our webpage at giftswithgrace.org.